That was confusing. I was about for me. to address the listener, and then I was like, "No, nah, they don't need to hear any of this." What were you going to do? Address the listener. I thought to address them. I was like, "Is this like it, sl- it, slagging them off or something?" Dress them down. Yeah, I was like, "You're gonna." No, I'm going to dress them up. I'm going to put them in a tuxedo hmm. and on a little pedestal. Yeah, I'm going I'm to read them a story in second person. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, you right. put on the shirt. You button the shirt. Yeah, second person is really confronting because you never come across it. Yeah, it sucks. I hate it. (laughs) I remember like high school English being, there was like a challenge of like trying to write just even a paragraph in second person. It's like, this is deeply uncomfortable. I don't even like two people. Yeah. No, no, one of them's supposed to be you in that situation. You're the, the audience. I don't even like another person. There you go. Hello, folks. Welcome to episode 80, the big 8-0 of Australia's only beer podcast. Uh, This is Hey Brew. I forgot. I thought we'd change the name for a second there. Um, Because we changed the intro and I was like, this is uh, Hey Brew. You've changed the intro every episode. But I mean, anyway, it's the podcast about um, the kind of stories you tell in the pub. Um, my name is Elliot. My name is Mike. Did you almost forget to introduce yourself at that point? Yeah, the whole thing's a blur. <laughs> I mean, the last time we did an episode, I was fueled by rage. You were. Um, this time, I'm fueled by vague memory of what the episodes are like. Okay. And also two cheese toasties. Ooh, that's. I like that. Yeah, they were good. Had, Man, I want a cheese toast. I had onion in one, and then onion and um, like. Um, marinated bits of eggplant in the other. It was interesting, odd, but it okay. was nice. Egg marinated eggplant. It was in my fridge. Okay, yeah, and that's how I would describe Dude, the decision making process. I love the leftovers jammed into a cheese toasty method of feeding oh, yeah. yourself. It's uh, it's <laughs> definitely not the sort of thing you should be doing by the age of thirty three. You should be just a little bit more organized no. as a human being. No, well, okay, that gives me a month to get my shit together. <laughs> Good luck. Because <laughs> I fucking love a cheese toasty. They're fucking great. I'm, I don't really have any food in it at home because I would, well, I'll cover in a minute. Mm. Um, so I'm like, hmm, what am I going to do when I get home? I could go shopping or, or more cheese toasties. Um, See, I, I grew up, now you've, you've been in Australia a while. You've seen the, the Jaffle Maker, the toasted sandwich press. See, that's what we just call a toasty maker. Toasty maker, yeah. yeah. So I grew up having one of those as well. And ours that we've got at the moment is a little bit, I don't know, jank. We want to replace it. It's yeah. kind of busted. Um, so I've started... You're on toasty chat. Yeah. <laughs> I've started cooking them in the pan. Like pan oh, like, like a grilled cheese. Like a, like a pan-fried grilled cheese sandwich, let mm. me tell you. That shit whips. Yeah, man. Do you put mayonnaise on the outside of yours? No, I butter the outside. So I butter the outside of mine today, but mayonnaise apparently is great for giving a grilled cheese a great crisp on the outside. Interesting. Really, really, really Because like I like to hot. just turn the pan up real hot for a brief bit right at the end and just oh, like get some hardcore Maillard reaction yeah nice I'm not very good at grilling cheeses because I always either burn them or end up with like hot bread yeah. cold middle yeah I don't know what it is I just Trick can't find start, the- start the heat a, bit, a little bit lower get let the cheese melt to hold the bread together then flip then it then crank it then slowly turn it up as you work your way to the oh, finish what was I thinking this has been toasty chat mm. <laughs> <laughs> and in here, it's quite nice and warm. So it does feel like a toasty chat. Yes. Uh, speaking of toast. Yep. Had any good beers recently? Uh, yes. Well, speaking of a story from the pub, you, we went to Inner North. Well, we did. Yeah. 
do you remember what happened that was very bizarre? Oh, yeah. That was... I was like, what story? What did you tell me? No, I do remember what happened. I mean, we, we were there, like, just to catch up. It also happened to be the last day of one of the uh, staff members who I think has been there since day one. Uh, not from day one, but the um, guy he's been who, there since forever. Uh, who was it? Tim. Tim. Who... who Looks like he should be the brother of the guy who started it. Yeah, and it's, it's really funny to me. Still blows my mind that they are not related. Yes, <laughs> they look alarmingly similar. Yeah. And I asked before whether or not Tim was hired because he looked like Zach, and other people at the, at the business were like, "Who can say?" Yeah, that I think means yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was Tim's miss, uh, Zach's missus that said that. That's so funny. So yeah, we were there hanging out, having a couple of pints. It was a relatively nice day. Yeah. Um, and then we're sitting there having a chat and this random couple of people that we don't know came up and were like, hey, can we ask you a favor? And basically asked us to move table to hide them from their friend. Yeah. They wanted to blend in with us like yes. in Assassin's Creed. Yes. Um, that's great. I love that. Thanks. Do you want to uh, take, take the story from there? I don't know. No. Nah. Um, You've completely Sorry. thrown me off by talking about Assassin's why, Creed. Why were they blending in with us, Mike? Uh, yes, so they they were down from Sydney um, for, for this auspicious day. Um, a friend of theirs was uh, making a marriage proposal to his partner um, who had yet to arrive. Uh, this, this man was pacing the venue. He was. He was a nervous boy. Rubbing his hands together, looking at the door every split second. Could have just sanitized. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but so there's a... Um, like a lot of pubs and breweries uh, in the north has a hundred pint club. Mm. You and I are working our way towards the the hundred pints very slowly. I think I just hit six the odd, which is actually a joke because yeah. I've definitely drank more than that. I'm I'm back in the twenties somewhere. Oh I, man! Well, I live on a different side of town now. It's hard to get there. <laughs> so do I. Yeah, you you went there more than I did before I moved. Anyway, um, what happens when you reach a hundred is you get a little metal plaque with your name. Uh, and I guess date of completion and your choice of slogan. Yeah, place oh, cute. It gets screwed into like the furniture at the at the bar. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, pretty rad. There's a lot of very fun ones around. Like my girlfriend hates it here. Was <laughs> your favorite? Fantastic. <laughs> um, but anyway, this guy had just had his put up an hour before the, uh, this moment, I guess. Um, and on it was his proposal message asking his uh, now fiance if they would marry him yeah. um it was just so funny watching her come in like them like running around being like it's time she's coming she's coming in it's like everybody get ready and this guy just like basically walking her over there and pointing at the sign like not a lot of fanfare about the occasion no. um but very it was a very sweet it moment. was very sweet and, she looked at the sign she turned around and he was down on one knee yes it was cute it, it was it was very nice and we all got very emotionally invested in this thing yeah that probably took like half an hour end to end yep before you know by the time them asking us to be involved it all happening um she said so yeah. yes for the record yes she did i was i was getting to that <laughs> okay um, good i was like oh well i've, I've got to like i'm we're, we're just concerned with ourselves here i had to finish like <laughs> our involvement um it's not about them it's not about the bride yeah 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 um but i i i, I think i said this on the day i will say it again i have to give credit to this couple that roped us into this because they didn't try to make it a thing it wasn't they didn't try to hang around and like get us involved in their socializing afterwards it was just like thanks very much have a good day yeah we'll see good. you later like we had a bit of a chat in that but they were like 
just peace. Th- yeah, and peace they, and, they, and they made that exit very well. Yes, it was very well done. Yeah, they didn't. It wasn't awkward at all. Alicia and I said goodbye to them as we left. We were like, ah, oh, nice, nice to meet you. Take yeah. it easy. Congratulations, yeah. future bride. Yeah, just a just a uh, just a very bizarre but very nice day at Edna North. It was. It was indeed <laughs> surprisingly. Uh, wholesome. I don't know. Yeah, it was. It was. There it was. Are, it was a were, sweet occasion. Yes, and there were also a lot of dogs. Which I was, was very just going to say, there's <laughs> many a hound. It was yes. great. Yes. Mm. Um, I can't really remember much of the beers I had there because that kind of like knocked all of the story out of my head. I think yeah. I had I had a, a Dunkel something or other, a German style oh, beer. Yeah, they had a that, that was, uh, I got mainly because it was ten dollar pints, and it was also mm. very good, <laughs> but. Yeah, they had a they yeah. had a few new ones on that I was really enjoying. Mm-hmm. They had a um a really nice hazy IPA on, mm-hmm. um, which I really enjoyed. So yeah, they had some good stuff on that week. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That that's kind yeah. of I don't know that that's my beer story at the moment. Um, I just got in a delivery of a new Garage Project Range Brewing collaboration, which they've called Fush and Chops, which is very funny. That, yeah. <laughs> I've not actually ordered any beer online in ages. He said, lying through his teeth. He ordered some. <laughs> Very recently. <laughs> Bullshit. Why yeah. say that? Well, I just because I used to do loads yeah. and then recently I have done less, but I literally just, just got a four pack to there. Yeah. yeah. I mean that that's been that's been the case for me as well. Like I used to order a lot of stuff online because Well we couldn't I, go out. Well and also I didn't live within relatively short distance of a Purvis beer. Um like yeah. I had I had Carwin. I, it was a Carwin well, I, I had Carwin. Carwin's they're a little expensive. Yeah, because they, they get quite in, specialized Yeah, stuff. they get in some weird stuff which carries with it a higher price tag. Whereas Purvis near me is massive, has a lot of like craft beer staples, but also gets in yeah. some of the weirder stuff. Yeah, the, the 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 beer range at this Purvis is the same size as the entirety of Carwin. Yeah. It's it's ginormous. Yeah, it's so big. Um, um so yeah. Yeah. I uh, had a couple of the new co conspirators joints, had their uh, I think Ooh. it's the Embezzler, which is a black IPA, mm-hmm. pretty decent. Um, and the fuck, what is the other one? They did a West Coast IPA, and I'm forgetting the name on it. Um, I think it's the Renegade. Yeah, um, that's very good. I have to give that a look. That's very good. You know, I'm a West Coast boy mm. in almost no in, way in, in beer taste. Yeah, there yes. we go. Yes. Um, yeah, rad, mate. Uh, yeah. That is good. Good stuff. Um, anything else? No. You? Sweet. Uh, yeah, so uh, the beer that I ordered was the Stomping Ground Marbu Marbu Wattle ah, um, yes. Seed Stout. That's yes. been pretty tasty. Had uh, Last night I had some Lamington Ale, the um, Deeds. Deeds one. Yeah, classic. Well, it's a great beer. Just yeah. a great beer. Yeah. I had um, also Wolf of the Willows Nitro S'mores like Christmas Ale, Ooh. Amber Ale, which was really nice okay. because like that sort of thing you normally expect to be a stout, but it was an amber yeah. ale, so it was it was a bit it was refreshing to have something that wasn't a big thick heavy stout with mm. those flavors. It was yeah. kind of cool. Um, we watched Midsummer last night and had some had some nice beers. Okay. If you've not seen that movie, I have. Good. It's it's a weird time. It's absolutely incredible. So I, good. I'm obsessed. <laughs> um. Otherwise, uh, anyone who's been keeping up with the socials will know that I have been drinking some new and different beers the last mm. couple of weeks because I got to go back to dear old Blighty. Not the right song. Um, <laughs> no, what is that? Da, 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 da. No, that's France. Uh, 
I think it was Hail to the Chief. You could just I was gonna, Land just, of Hope and Glory. Just, just do God, God Save the Queen. It's not very good. They're not very hummable. It's not a great national anthem. No. no. The best national anthem, irritatingly, is Russia's. Yeah, okay. Like, it's wicked. Yeah. Um, I do like the French one because there's that one bit that everybody knows. And they're... everyone just, like, goes in on it. Yeah, that's fair enough. Have you ever seen that... Um, video of that i think it's the cypriot national band or the egyptian national band no and they have leaders like land in the country and then like the i think it's cypriot actually the cypriot like prime minister meets these leaders yeah. and they're standing on the tarmac and then the national band strikes up and starts playing their visiting leaders national anthem right and this band sucks oh they're no. so oh, so no. fucking bad at it and it's really, really funny because they're really discordant and crap. Yeah. It's so funny, man. Man, that's going to start an international incident. It's, I'll have to show you later. It's really, <laughs> really good. Um, <laughs> completely off topic. But yeah, so, so, so while I was away, I tried, tried, some, um, tried some delightful English beer. I put some, as I say, on the old, uh, on the old gram. Um, yes. I was getting around some car scale, which we just don't have over here. It's not a thing. No, you get like the, the odd like hand pump, depending on where you go. But You do. It's not quite the same thing, but no, you do but get it. I feel like I might have seen some car scale around. It, it's just Very not, rare. It's, it, so cask has to be in um, a certain state and a certain storage mm. and a certain right. something else to be classed as car scale in the UK. It's sure, sure, sure. Complicated because they have this thing called camera is the campaign for real ale and um, they have very strict like restrictions on what can and can't be okay. so it's like protected like champagne as a, as a term or like the uh reinheitsgebot the uh, german oh the yes yes laws. yeah that's that's that sort of shit basically but um yeah so i had some some nice car scale had some beaver town which i found out had been sold to heineken so fuck them i went to a beautiful bookshop in a very beautiful part of london okay. and just sat in like the 35 degree heat and had myself a delicious peaches and cream sour um, which was a, awesome a bookshop that also sells beer and do gigs is that a Melbourne that seems like it should be such a Melbourne thing where so, is that so it's on a place called Bermondsey Beer Mile okay um, it's just a wicked lovely part of London just north of like um, Spitalfields Market I think yeah, but it's yeah. called Morocco Bound do you want to start a bookstore yes um, <laughs> and they even um, took a photo of me featured it and tagged Hebrew so good on them yeah i thought that was um not a great photo of me but i'm wearing a magic carp t-shirt which hey, is fun that's pretty good um and i'm having a nice beer and i don't and i said can i look like i'm not paying attention to you while i do it yeah can i look like i'm having a shit time yeah <laughs> so it was really nice of them they tagged uh, us in that i think at least i thought they did uh-oh been untagged oh here we are oh they've tagged well they've tagged my dick <laughs> that is actually is quite really funny. appropriate yeah um so there's that and then on top of that i also went to a craft beer bar in my hometown which was very uh, exciting how long has that existed uh it's never existed when i've been there okay. so it's been since last time i went there yeah um but it was very exciting i went to brew ashby uh it was really really cool to see that in in ashby are there, um, are there like local breweries they were featuring or it's just like a beer bar um well mike both Okay. Which leads us quite neatly onto Leather Britches Ashby Pale Ale. Oh my god, yes. Your town has its own beer. Featuring the artwork of the castle in my town. Of course your town has a castle. Is it the so castle Ashby? It's it's Ashby Castle. Okay. Um, so 
I'm going to crank this open. I'm yeah. going to crack this open. And I'm going to tell you a small amount about Ashby Castle. Okay. While I do that. Well, wow, this is some hyper local content. Yeah. I'm so into this. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. And it's slightly warm, which means it's the right temperature. It's English beer. It's meant to be at this room's temperature. You know how big these glasses are? Um, They're like 375s. Ish. No, they don't say on them. That's all right. Multiple pours. I'm not feeling confident in doing it all in one. Man, last time you did a pour on this show, you were telling me how confident you were feeling. (sighs) You fucked it. Oh, fucked it. There's like an inch between them. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, this is going to be the awkward bit. Yeah, I don't know that they pour well. Right, I've unfucked it. (laughs) Um, Now, admittedly, these aren't the biggest pours. Okay. And uh, like a small cat. Um, <laughs> and it's not a particularly strong beer because it's okay. English beer. But it's, this is the thing is that, frankly, I only had limited space in my suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> These were taking up so much of it, I had to buy a second case to put my clothes in. Yes. I didn't take a big bag with me. Oh, I'm so impressed. Um, so here we've got Leather Breeches Brewery. I do not know anything about them. They're fairly new since I've been there. And did, they Did you are, visit the establishment? Uh, no, I got these from Brew Ashby. Okay. Um but um, uh, they are um, behind a, a local pub called the Tap House in Smithsby. Mm. Um, I've not tried this yet. It's real ale. It's 4.7%. Uh-huh. This is a traditional British pale ale. So would you like to have a little oh, bash? Boy, boy, would I. Ooh, that is malty. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you can smell the malt. Yeah. And then you can taste it more. Yeah. So so English pale ale is not what we would know as pale ale in the craft beer community, which mm. is uh, heavily hopped and all this sort of stuff. Or if it is, it uses much more subtle hops like Fuggles and Kent Goldings, which are a lot more like traditional British hops than like right. the Citra, Magnum, stuff like that that we yeah. know from this. But um, this is much more malty. There's yeah. like a, certainly like a little bit of a fruit driven element to it, but those hops really, are much more subtle. really just getting malt. Yeah, it's very biscuity. Yeah. Um, and British beer tends towards being super, um, super malty, super yes. biscuity. Um, it's just part of our uh, ale tradition. Now, we have definitely got more of a craft beer bent these days. But um, yeah, the real ale thing is is more like this kind of thing. And, and a lot of them you probably taste will be quite similar and just varying notes, like notes on top mm. of malt. Um I'm not going to get too nostalgic, but I miss this kind of beer a lot. Yeah. And this makes me think of um, sitting in uh, like fields in Cambridge uh-huh. and um, sitting and drinking pints of this at the beer festival yeah. with friends on summer days and uh, stuff like that. So this is very nostalgic for me and it's very heartwarming. Yeah, um, we're going to find like an outdoor beer festival to go to like when it's yeah. hot. Not not this like middle of winter gabs, sit inside and no, drink I think, beers. I, I think we need one when it's warm. Yeah. Because this is the thing is like, you want it to be like mid twenties, like spring delicious. Yeah. Yeah, Mm, absolutely. So mm. we'll work that out and we'll, we'll make it happen. But um, I'd like to know your thoughts on the beer. Yeah. uh, I mean, I don't drink a lot of super multi beers generally. Not that I don't like them. They're just not as available. Yeah. Um, And so I don't really, I haven't like developed an affinity for them and I don't try to seek them out, but I like it. Yes. It's. I mean, I've been to England. I've had English beer. 
Yeah, of um, course. Yeah. I went to a brewery once and they told me that if you're from the north of London or the south of London, you either do or don't have head on your beer and that's just a cultural divide. Well, it's it, it, not from the north, but if you are from north of London, yeah. you have head. That's, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's what I mean. Um, yeah. And there's like a little device that you put on the end of the tap. The sparkler. The sparkler, yeah. um, which dictates whether or not that even happens. Yep. And I have since learned that head on a beer is a good thing because that's the Definitely gas escaping is. the beer and not escaping in your stomach. But it also keeps like the freshness of the beer underneath. It's not yeah. getting it's not getting oxidized. Cause it's got a layer of something over yes. it. Um, um, so yeah, Eng- English, English beer is a bit, I don't know, not odd, but it's just different to what I'm used to. It's so culturally intrinsic mm. in there. Like you say, the things like with the head and stuff like that, it, it, these are things which are uh, part of my traditions growing up, yeah. which is really interesting, I think. But um, yeah, I think it, it, it's different. Um, yeah. It's got a, it's got a good, like, I don't know. It's got a good body on it. Like it, it has substance. It's yes. not like a lot of, you know, pale ales that we used to where like it kind of, it is a bit thinner than yeah. this. I don't know how else to describe that. It's, um, yeah. It's, it's, uh, this has got more mouthfeel and, and it is still weight. refreshing without it being, it, it's not heavy as well. Like it's got weight, but it's not like yeah. a stout or something like that where it's like, yeah. It, uh, oppressive almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. It's always good to get beers from other countries cultures and hmm. see yeah because what we do, they go for well like the, the 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 craft beer movement is quite homogenous homogenous yes. yeah um well it's it's more it's homogenous within each country but then america's tendencies tend to dominate well that's it well like we've all kind of followed that yeah to some degree but then i will say while i was over there i found that some of the craft beer maybe it's just the stuff that i was drinking was more in its infancy but i f- mm feel like craft beer is better in australia yeah but i think we've got a especially melbourne yeah actually melbourne and sydney you know when you live in a nation that's quite as for want of a better word wealthy as australia Mm. there's more opportunity to do stuff like that hence like the food and stuff over here is so bloody good yeah um but these are just my observations having recently been back i suppose Mm. um cool so i might jump in a little bit to the topic please so I'm going to lightly touch on uh, on Ashby um, mm. in that Ashby Delazouche has a castle. It's a, a medieval castle. Sorry, Ashby what? Ashby Delazouche is the name of my town. That's very bougie. Oh yeah, well I'm I'm very French as I've always as I've always said. Uh, it's a former. So that's actually where the the castle comes from. It's a former Norman outpost. Okay. Um, after the conquering of 1066, it was given to the Zouche family of mm. northern France. Um, Zouche bags, a they, lot of them. <laughs> Um, my housemate you did call it Ashby Della Ashby Della Douche um, but, um, Zella Douche the yes. castle was built in like the early medieval period like 11 1200s uh-huh. and it was like a very very traditional like wooden fort type thing mm-hmm. and it slowly evolved into becoming this quite significant castle um, mainstay owned by the Hastings family which were a local family there um, during the civil war it was a royalist stronghold um not a particularly notable one, realistically. It wasn't. It wasn't a really important battle or anything there. It was like just that. like the pool room. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but um, at one point, the uh, parliamentarians decided they didn't want anyone to use it again, so they did something called slighting it, which is where they buried they... explosives <laughs> underneath it. Shit, that's not where I was going to go. <laughs> well, you just can say like they jilted at the old. You're a dick. Uh, nice. <laughs> Well, kinda. Um, just but, just roasting a castle. Yeah. Well, that's what they did. They roasted Boy. it from underneath. 
Uh, so he dug underneath it, buried explosives under like half of it, and blew off half the walls, basically. So oh that it, it was just no use to anyone in a siege. Because yeah. like, um, so what are you going to do with half a castle? Really? That's it. Bits of it still remain, so you can still... cast. Good. <laughs> castle do pick. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that is lo- that is uh, loose and not in the traditional sense. Australian sense, more just like vague. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like half of it's gone. You can still climb like the main tower and see for like miles around. Mm. It's a very tall tower, um, and you can like go down underground pastures and like there's still the bones of the chapel and stuff in there. Just <laughs> you say the bones of the elderly. No, no. <laughs> I mean possibly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I used to go and get stoned in the castle grounds when I was oh, younger. Oh, man. It yeah. was rad. Uh, I once accidentally dropped a full one liter bottle of Jack Daniels as I was climbing over the fence uh, and smashed it. Man, I would love to be able to say I got high in a castle. You used to do it all the time. Yeah, fuck. Fucking wicked. I mean, yeah, Europe's littered with them. Yeah. And if you live in villages, especially like market towns, yeah. fucking loads of that sort of stuff. Because yeah. it was an important market town trade route. It's in between Derby, Leicester, Nottingham, and Birmingham, mm-hmm. which are like four major towns of the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know. But on to today's story. Okay. So it's 1971 and Dan Cooper boards a Northwest Orient flight to Seattle. The DB Cooper. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're no. doing this again. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's, six, it's 1642. Charles I boards a horse. Uh, to, <laughs> so to not Seattle. Um, <laughs> Seattle Della Douche. <laughs> yes, Ashby Della Frazier. Um, <laughs> the, anyway, the, oh, uh, the nine-year conflict known as the English Civil War took place between 1642 and, I put 1961. I don't think that's right. Nope. Um, Some say it's still going on today. 1651. What? That is terrible. Nine years. 1642, 1961. Just do the math right now. No, what I'm saying is I've added 319 (laughs) years. It's not even 309. Okay. Anyway. So it took place in the 17th century. It took place a while ago. Yeah, man. Definitely. Um, so it's actually part of a wider conflict known as the War of Three Kingdoms, which makes it sound like it's either a fire chi- emblem game. Well, I was going to say it makes it sound like either Chinese history or some Middle Earth shit. Yeah, um, and I couldn't think where I'd heard it from, but yes, it is fire emblem. Fire emblem three houses. Do you know what one of the houses is called? Leicester. The Leicester Alliance. Yes. Do you know where Ashby de la Zouche is? Leicester Alliance. Leicestershire. Okay. <laughs> Hold. You should play that game. Might de- now apparently it's pretty average. No, it's really good. Oh, okay. I've played it. I've, I've never played Fire Emblem. Yeah, it's te- it's like a tactics it a DS game. No, it's on Switch. Oh, okay, the tactics RPG kind of you 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 play as a professor in a big oh, school. I know, I know, you're yeah. training teenagers for combat. Yeah, and then you take them into combat. But and I'm they die. That. I want to play Persona Five, which looks rad, and mm. also is like ninety hours. Also, I haven't finished Elden Ring. Anyway, the Elden the, the Elden Ring, the, the, the Civil War, Ashby <laughs> Ring. Um, that's what they call me. Um, so the surface level conflict basically took place between the royalists, known as Cavaliers, hence Cavalier Brewing Company, hence the helmet on the on the uh. thingy, and the Roundheads, uh, the Roy- uh, and Scottish and Irish troops. Roundheads. Uh, so so yeah, so yeah, the royalists, known as Cavaliers, Scottish and Irish. Uh, well, the Scottish were called the Kirk. The Irish were called the cons- com com. Conservationist or conservationist? Constabulatory? I forgot to write it down. The 
the Irish, yeah. and uh, the parliamentarians known as the Roundheads, and confusingly also the same Scottish troops at different times. They switched allegiances a couple of times. It was a bit weird. <laughs> So the majority of it took place between basically Charles I and the Long Parliament, which was led by Oliver Cromwell. I've got a Long Parliament right here. <laughs> well, the reason it was called the Long Parliament is because they lasted 20 years. Ooh. I don't know if you can do that. As opposed to the preceding Parliament, which was called the Short Parliament, because it lasted for three weeks. Okay. Which is closer to where I was in my brain trying to work up a hung Parliament joke. Well, the later conflict was between Charles II and the Rump Parliament, Ooh. Uh, which the, is the well-hung Parliament, literally named after the arse of an animal. No, I am not joking. <laughs> Good England. Hooray. It was <laughs> weird back then and it's weird now. Yeah. The bit in the middle. Also weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, so most civil wars are fought for uh, basically an idea of who should rule, but this one's pretty much it's more a case of like how the three kingdoms of England, Scotland and Ireland should be governed. Um, Wales basically never had a say in anything except for beating much larger, better equipped countries at rugby and occasionally war, <laughs> um, which Wales has quite a lot of say in, it turns out. Wow. They're just like the quiet guy. They're the New Zealand of England. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. 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 Wait. They, they, they pick one thing and do it exceptionally well. Exceedingly well. Yeah. yeah. Real good. Actually, they really are both good at war and rugby. I mean, New Zealand's not really on the war thing. They kind of sold a lot of their military hardware because they just weren't using it. Well, they're, they're nice now. Yeah. They, they were good at war when they were in it. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Anzacs are, you know, dead, renowned and <laughs> mostly dead, yes. Um, um, <laughs> I was thinking more like when... Uh, I was going to say like when uh, the Empire, British Empire took a lot of the Empire, when the Empire took a lot of countries yeah. and then uh, when they attacked New Zealand, they were just like, oh... No. Yes, yeah, it's actually fucking difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out, tough. Yeah. Um, They've been fighting. That's like Fight Club down there. They've been fighting each other for so long. <laughs> um. So the genesis, not the band. I thought you were going to say the genocide. <laughs> we already discussed the empire once. Yeah. Um. So since about 1066, England and the adjoining countries had largely been ruled over by a king and a number of feudal lords. It was very uh -huh. much like Edo, Japan. British. Yeah. How <laughs> about seeing more tea? But no. about the same amount of tea. Yeah. Um, the Magna Carta had been written up in 1251, which was an attempt to basically limit the power of the monarch in how they could fuck over barons and lords. Yes. Um, you'll notice that the peasantry were not included in that. Just rich folks. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that'll be a theme. Yeah, it still is. <laughs> not, I was going to say, not just through this, but throughout life. Society. Uh, so fast forward about 400 years and James I of England uh, was the king. The first ever James? Yes. Surely there was a James before him. No, he was uh, he, he is James I, not just... Uh, <laughs> James Prime. Well, but the thing is, he was the first James ever in England, but he was the sixth James in Scotland. Wow, they're, they're really ahead of the curve on James technology. Oh, big time. Video James. <laughs> on all of my computers, all of my games are stored under the file name James. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Um, <laughs> Vidya James. Oh, That's got to be a YouTube channel. Um, yeah, so so he uh, he was crowned first uh, first James. He was crowned <laughs> King of England, but he was already at the time King of Scotland. Oh, what a boss. Yeah, absolutely. Double, double King. Yeah. Um, this was 1603, so 1604. So he was like followed uh, <laughs> Queen Elizabeth I. You imagine he's like down the pub 
other kings. Like it's a king's pub. Only kings allowed. The king's head. Yeah. The king's arms. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all sitting around just chatting. It's like, oh, how many countries are you king of? One. One. That's one. That's the only answer. Get watch this. Two. Hold my beer. <laughs> king of two. <laughs> king of two, but still one. But only James one. James one. <laughs> it's like James Bond intro. One. James one. I was thinking from like football scores. <laughs> England James 1 Scotland James 6 that's very good um, so it's a relatively peaceful time between England and Scotland and also you know Great Britain and other nations I think there have been quite a lot of argy-bargy over the last you know quite a long time with mm-hmm. both uh, with Catholic Europe aka Spain yeah but also France um, however James I was pretty much used to being uh, King of Scotland and Scottish Parliament was weak and he could do what the fuck he wanted Ah. Uh, when he became king of England. Also, they were much sterner on things like his spending and his lifestyle and less permitting for him to do what the fuck he wanted. <laughs> Prudes. Yeah. Um, he and his son who took the throne, Charles I, were what are called absolutionists. Oh, they're just record breakers. You got the first James, the first Charles. Oh, baby. Just wait till we have the first Jemima. Oh. I don't think we're ever going to get one of those. No. I don't know why I picked that name. No, I think there's like a list of 12 names they're allowed to choose from. Yeah, I hear that because you can be called one thing and they're like, but your king name will be James. Yeah. yeah suckers yeah i know uh king hank king (laughs) King of queens um anyway so his son and uh he were both uh absolutionists which is basically just uh kings and monarchs should have absolute rule ah yes um they were both big believers in the statement that kings were quote little gods on earth end quote Ah. which is kind of cute it is but also frightening yeah oh yeah hugely terrifying (laughs) thankfully um, Parliament were less believers in that. Okay. Um, their attempts to bring together English and Scottish parliaments were basically viewed as an attempt to just weaken the English Parliament, but also to put more British, English control over the Scottish Parliament. So both uh, parliaments pretty much fucking hated it. Yeah. Um, and I want to stress here that Parliament was pretty much just an advisory body for the king at the time. Uh, the only real power they had was that they could collect tax. They could collect tax revenue much more efficiently than the king could. I mean, there's more of them than there is him. There's just one guy. Well, pretty much. And that, Hi, I, I'm James. I'd like your tax money. Well, so... It doesn't so scale well. Parliament was largely made up of uh, uh, the upper crust, so lords, barons, and other members of the, um, the feudal classes, and also landed gentry, which are basically people that aren't quite uh, aristocracy, but they are still fucking loaded and own a lot of land. Yeah. Which means they own all the people's land. Yes. Yes. So basically, they just tax all their peasants. And if the king wanted money, he basically had to keep these people sweet to get the taxes off them. Um, in turn, Parliament could pretty much bribe or blackmail the monarch by just withholding funds. Right. Which, yeah, you know, that's lobbying for you. Yeah. Holy shit. I haven't made that distinction until now. Um, <laughs> so what followed was basically a lot of about fucking, uh, which I'll just summarize with some of the best bits because it's quite long. Okay. Um, revenue raising attempts became farcical. Um, the king tried to uh, tax inland counties. You know, a county, it's like a state in the UK. Yeah. So he tried to tax inland counties, something called the ship tax, which, which was to defend them against pirates and naval invasion. But they were inland. Yes. All of the coastal counties already paid these taxes, and of they course. were like inland counties too. Guess what? They didn't want to pay. Yeah, I mean, including some very prominent members of parliament that refused to pay. Um, fucking jump a speedboat into the middle of England like this is up the canals well <laughs> yeah. they weren't even built at the time yeah up the rivers um, 
Protestant Catholic stuff kept getting in the way, but also Protestant Puritan shit too. So that made stuff a lot worse. Mm. Pretty much everyone hated each other religiously. Yeah. Uh, a war with France and Spain ended, the Thirty Years' War, but a force uh, was sent by the king to relieve a friendly French faction, which was fun to say, um, <laughs> from a siege. And uh, But unfortunately, that, that force was swiftly defeated and came home with a tail between the legs, making the king look like a bit of a dick. <laughs> He's like, listen... No more war, France. But also, I know that you're currently uh, sieging one of my buddies. Mm -hmm. I'm going to come over and relieve him from the siege. Oh, no, I'm not. Yeah, no. Can I get relief, actually, please? Coach, help. Please. (laughs) I swam out too far (laughs) to France. Um, And then Scottish opposition to... Scottish opposition to Anglican religious changes ended up with Scotland invading England quite successfully. Mm. And um, the result was that the Scot, the joint English-Scottish king had to pay for the upkeep of both the invading Scottish force and the defending English force. Oh, man, that sucks. Yes. So he was paying his own armies to fight each other to invade his own country. What? Fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> in, in sort of a bit of a flap, Charles uh, called forth a parliament. Um, they fucking hated him. So he dissolved it after three weeks. Great. He's like, I got a better idea watch called forth a different parliament which hated him even more (laughs) um unfortunately though this one came to power and made laws so that charles couldn't dissolve it that's so good yeah um so they found out that the king uh, (laughs) fuck you well on top of all this after that (laughs) they found out that the king's like chosen general a guy called strafford who was in ireland was at one point considering using his army in ireland to invade england another one of the king's armies mm-hmm. invading his own country, yeah. um, to restore Charles to absolute power. Uh-huh. Uh, when Parliament found out about this, um, they caught and tried Stafford, Strafford, and uh, he initially refused to testify against the king, realized that if he didn't do something like that, or, or basically give himself up, it was going to mm-hmm. end up in all-out civil war, and he uh, insisted that the king throw him under the bus, which he did. Charles yeah. was like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No worries. Save my own skin. Yeah. It didn't really work. Um, because immediately afterwards, Charles was like, right, well, that's that problem solved. It wasn't. Um, <laughs> and he decided to march on Parliament with his army and try and arrest five prominent members of Parliament. At which point, Parliament went, right, fuck you, this is war. Yeah, what are you doing? Um, those five members include basically the, the, the five members who led the, uh, the following faction in the Civil War, right. including... A man you might know, a Sir Oliver Cromwell. I've heard that name before. Big boy. Yeah. King shit. Yeah. Um, so Charles fled London, and the cities and towns started basically declaring for one side or the other. Right. Cities tended towards being parliamentarian, and country areas were more likely to be royalist. Mm-hmm. Who'd have thunk it? Mm. Progressive cities Sorry. held up by backwards country areas. <laughs> you ever looked at a voting map of... The U.S., for example. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, weird how that keeps playing out everywhere. Mm. It's almost like religious factions have too much sway in the country where there's nothing else to do. <clears throat> anyway, war breaks out. Yes. Uh, so the First Civil War was pretty much just the two armies moving around the English countryside, taking various parts of it from one other, and then losing it. That is pretty much what happens. Like, I, re- I was reading all of this article, and it was a massive long preamble, and yeah. then the first English Civil War was a paragraph and a half. Right. So it's, it's like the equivalent of those, like, 
you know, video game help articles where it's essentially you're looking for the answer to one very specific question, but they've written 20 paragraphs and the answer's somewhere in the middle because they just want to pad out for SEO and ad space. Oh, God, I'm thinking about them now. Yeah, you know the ones. Yeah, yep. very, very annoying. Yeah, and half of them are written by like algorithms. They're not actually written by people. And those are you fun. Mean, you mean my favorite journalist, Al Gore-Ethem, isn't a real person? <laughs> no, he's just a funky dancer. <laughs> Algorithm. Nice. Yeah. I was thinking of that picture of... <laughs> I always think it's... Who was the guy that ran against uh, Bush Jr.? Kennedy? No, not Kennedy. John Kerry. Kerry. Is it that picture of John Kerry that's like... I don't think that's I actually think it's John, John Kerry. Kerry. It just looks quite it's like him. a guy in a pose. Yep. Anyway... Um, so yeah, they moved around the countryside, gaining and losing towns, basically. Right. At one point, Charles marched on Hull because he'd been storing weapons there during the Scottish-English War mm. and was like, I'll just collect my weapons. And the protector general of Hull, who'd been appointed by Parliament, was like, no. <laughs> you mean my weapons? Yeah, and basically just kept... Uh, Charles was like, right, well, I'm coming back to take them and assaulted Hull and lost and oh, had to flee yeah. well they got all the guns yeah pretty much I was about to say there's no guns but there really was yeah um, honestly Charles was basically spent most of his time wandering around the Midlands getting his ass kicked <laughs> man if that isn't just everybody's gap year <laughs> <laughs> except it's not Midlands it's Southeast Asia and it's not kicked it's pegged yeah um, anyway <clears throat> so he decided to take shelter with some of his Presbyterian allies in Southwell in Nottinghamshire which if you're from Nottinghamshire is pronounced Southall so that's a hat tip to y'all um, and they just handed him over to Parliament great yep totally the Scottish were just like whatever who cares Fuck this guy um, so they this led to a period where basically three major factions were all poised to possibly take power but none of them did you had the Scots um, you had the Presbyterians in Parliament and you had the army um, right. and the army and Parliament at this point were kind of separate entities and uh, Charles basically assumed that whichever one took power would need his help to rule. Uh-huh. And instead, he basically just got uh, one faction took him and then the other one took him and then another one took yeah, him. I mean, what has he got to offer at this point? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's still got a lot of support. Okay. Um, and people like him because they're idiots. Mm. Um, but the entire time he, uh, and I use this term quite literally, flirted his way to safety by sort of saying to each of them like, hey. You take power and got my backing. And it even says in the article, he coquetted. And I looked it up and it basically just means flirting. Amazing. Which I think is fantastic. You've got my backing. Wink. <laughs> my backing. Licks lips suggestively. <laughs> Licks thin inbred lips suggestively. <laughs> um, Fuck. So the third faction which took uh, hold of Charles, which was the army, realized that basically the other two were going to turn on them and just went, Right consolidated power and quickly became the most powerful faction of the three so right. instead of letting the other two probably make a move just went fuck you um yeah this weird game of keep away yeah <laughs> so the leader of the army um to begin with was a guy called john fairfax and then it eventually became her and, and at the time oliver cromwell was the leader of the cavalry right in the what was the new model army at the time okay um, I'm not going to go into the new model army because it was exciting when I learned about it as a kid, but then it turns out everything I learned of it wasn't actually true. Oh. Um, so. Fun. 
basically the long and short of it was when you were a kid they're like oh so the royalists had a lot better training weapons and experience and use all their money to be a better army and the parliamentarians can get their ass kicked so they started an army and they had like uniforms and training and centralization and all Mm -hmm. that and like Mm -hmm. you know regimentation and, and ranks and stuff like that and centralized authority and they became a better fighting force and they won because of it Turns out not true. Basically, just parliamentary armies didn't want to fight outside their own counties because they were like, fuck that. Why would I go 200 miles away to defend some castle I'd never heard of? Yeah. So what the new model army actually was, was just an army with a centralized uh, <laughs> centralized administration that would pay people. Huh. Yeah, no, that's... Really not that's, as exciting yeah, in the slightest. No, no that's just, yeah. hey, it's a job now. Y- yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um so yeah where am i um yeah so the third faction realized the others were about to take uh, power turned on them became the most powerful faction at this point john fairfax i think died and oliver cromwell's moved from being um the head of the cavalry to head of the entire army mm. uh who was uh lord general of the army i think he was under what a title it's pretty rad isn't Man. it he was no wellington credit, credit where it's due the english do love a title and you they do it well. should look up the Queen's full title someday. Oh, yeah. It lists every country. It's like 30 words. It, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's quite funny in a fucked up kind of way. Gatekeep yeah. girl boss. <laughs> so during this time, um, Charles took the opportunity while no one was watching to do a sneaky deal with the Scots to invade England and restore him to the throne. Huh. Yes. Yeah. Again. Good. Um. So most of these attempts were pretty much immediately smashed, uh, aside from a few sieges, which the army put down. In the between time, um, the royalists who had vowed to not fight again as part of the uh, sort of armistice and the, I guess, what's the one I'm looking for? Um, what's, I guess, like the suing for peace almost sort of thing? As part like, of their... Like a ceasefire? Ceasefire, that's what I'm looking yeah. for. Part of the ceasefire, they basically said, okay, look, surrender. Uh-huh. They'd vowed not to fight again. Um, and yeah so some royalists have basically said oh yeah we won't fight again you know if anything happens the Scottish invaded the British basically smashed the English smashed them back and the royalists who had vowed not to fight believe it or not took up arms again um, huh. the army weren't particularly patient with those people that had rearmed and they did something that didn't happen to uh, prominent lords and landed gentry and they just killed them oh yes um, and I don't mean like State executions. They just straight up took them out back and shot them. Paving the way for all of my wet dreams. Um, This shit did not happen to rich people. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that Charles did early on was he cut John Fairfax's ear off as a punishment. That's uh, incredible. For for some parliamentary work he did. Which, you know, God, if that stuff still happened nowadays, Boris Johnson would be stooged. But, yeah. yeah, And and at the time it was like a massive thing because it's like that... That happened to peasantry. It didn't happen to rich people. Yeah. Um, what about decorum? Yeah. <laughs> um, hilariously, there was three Welsh rebel leaders um, who were sentenced to death, uh, drew a lottery, and just killed the one that was the loser. <laughs> that sounds like a side mission in a Red Dead Redemption game. Wow, it really does. Yeah, yeah. I, I dig that. <laughs> it's like these three men are sentenced to death. Pick one. Yeah. Actually, I, that is literally how the Dark Brotherhood starts in Skyrim. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, we know. Yeah. No, wait, that's the mission. After you get the we know, yeah. she takes you to a shack and there's three blindfolded people. That's it. Astrid. That's her name. Mm. Good name. Yeah. Look at him, Astrid. Anyway, 
So yeah, these three Welsh rebel leaders sent us to death. One of them picks the short straw, gets killed. The other two do not. What do they go on to do? Don't know. Live happily Re- ever after. Reform their lives? Don't know. Just find clo- God. close harmony singing and rugby like the rest of the Welsh. Huh, yeah. Uh, and but, adding consonants where they don't belong. Yeah. Just sucks to be... Gavin. I don't know. <laughs> it's a Welsh name. Yeah, okay. Um, so the parliament found out that Charles was um, involved in this plot to reinvade uh, England by mm-hmm. the Scots. And they were also very disappointed in him. And as a result, told I'm not him... not angry. I'm just disappointed. Well, they really? told him that they might not give him the throne back. They might, they might not. And at that point, they opened negotiations with Charles, uh-huh. their prisoner. Right. You're right. That is a fucking weird thing to do. Yeah. After you've just won a war with them. Yeah. Um, I'm struggling to keep up with some of this. Yeah. So the army, army, less pleased with him than yeah. the parliamentarians were, decided that parliament weren't really moving fast enough, marched on parliament, arrested 45 MPs, allowed only 75 more of them into the chamber barred the entrance to 126 of them and ordered them to try Charles for treason, which was fun to say also. Yes. Um, try Charles for treason. Yeah, that sucks. Good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the army got their way and Charles was beheaded on the 30th of January, 1649, or maybe 1946, who knows. 1469. Yes. Six one forty nine. Anyway. Um, huh. Thus ended the monarchy in Great Britain. So between 49 and 51, Parliament went to Ireland and put down any kind of royalist, brackets, Catholic, close brackets, <laughs> dissent, and redistributed the land to English Protestant gentry. <laughs> what is happening? You, you might recognize this as basically the start of everything that went wrong in Ireland in the last 300 years. Uh-huh. Uh, so <laughs> you can see why the Irish aren't big fans all over Cromwell. Sure, yeah. Because that's how all the, like, Fields of Athenry and Trevelyan shit started. I don't know enough about Irish history to get that. So, right, go back to her Hebrew episode about the Irish Troubles. That, that's a that's a little more recent, I think. It is a little more recent, yeah. but it all stems from this shit. Right. I okay. mean, they basically went over and went, listen here, I know you were very, very helpful to the king during the war, mm. so... So, yoink. We're in charge. Yeah. <laughs> and not, not only we... Posh people are in charge. Yeah, cool. Posh people who hate your religion. Yeah. And uh, if you break the law, we'll be shipping you off to Australia. Or just killing you. Also, I hope you don't like potatoes, because they're going. <laughs> oh, my God. Man, the English kind of I mean, suck. the famine was quite a way off, but yeah. yeah. the English kind of suck, huh? Oh, we were the worst. Yeah. And we're still pretty close. Yeah. Thank God for America. Yeah, bottom of the barrel Western country shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really nice being on tour when there's Americans around because it's like finally someone that the locals will hate more than us yes um, so in Scotland Charles's son Charles II started amassing forces to invade England mm. uh, everyone's doing it why not I mean yeah. I've done it Cromwell marched on <laughs> Edinburgh and yep. laid siege but had to retreat due to disease and lack of supplies at which point another Scottish army tried to cut them off but he absolutely smashed them and had a, hey, wait a fucking minute moment, turned around, took Edinburgh, crossed the fourth of Firth into Fife. Oh my God. I don't know why I've got all these sentences that are impossible to say in this Yeah. Scene. Uh, crossed the, say that again? Crossed the fourth of Firth into Fife. That sucks. That's a, a, a river. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and defeated the <laughs> remaining Scots, bar none. Charles II, meanwhile, yeah. marched south into England, couldn't raise the army he was hoping for, legged it to France after hiding out in an oak tree after the Battle of Worcester in 1651. Battle of Worcester. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he Worcestershire. Like, well, they, he lost this battle and then literally hid in a tree while parliamentarians were looking for him, and then fucked off to France. What a nerd! It's called the Royal Oak. It's still like a major thing in England. The the tree itself. Yes. The same tree is still there. Yes. Can I go and see it? Yes. Okay. It's not like weirdly protected. No. Okay. It's just there. It's just the tree. I mean, like, it's probably protected in that, like, there's probably, like, a small fence around it. Yeah, but, like, the fence is scaffolding. The fence at Stonehenge where you could basically just step over it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So the mad thing is, that's pretty much the end of the whole war. Right. The monarchy's in... The monarchy's gone. Yeah. Any claim to the throne is now living in France with the Catholics. (laughs) And just being like, I guess that's the end of us. Right. Republican government takes over. Amazing. Which were fucking useless. Shit. They fought a lot. Yeah. So what happened? A military hunter took over. Oh my God. Cromwell takes over and becomes what he, becomes the title he gives himself, which is Lord Protector. Oh. So for a little while, England's living under a military dictatorship. Yes. Um, Try all of them. Cromwell lasts about nine years and then dies. And then his son takes power, which, you know, Nothing screams, we've replaced the monarchy with exactly the same thing as, I've died, thus ends my reign, here's my son to take power. Yes, what was his name? I think it was Oliver Cromwell. It might have been Richard Cromwell. Yeah. Um, I just... I, look, I don't have kids, but like the... You're not going to pass the throne on to like no, it's Killy. Not, not, not about the throne, it's more just like having the ego to be like, yes, I'm going to give my son the same name I have. I don't... Oh, yeah. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense anymore. Uh, beauty, grace. I'm so excited for this child's life. I want to give them the best of everything. I will call them me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm great. Let's have another one. Yeah, it's such a weird thing. Do you know something as well? It's pretty common mm. to hear about men named after their son, their fathers. Yeah. You ever hear of a woman named after her mother? I'm sure... I'm sure there have been cases of it. I just cannot remember one. Nor I. I never can. Yeah. It's a patriarch. Uh-huh. Yeah. It says a lot, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So anyway, um, I'm going to call... I think his name might have been Richard, but I'm going to go with Bill. Bill Cromwell um, <laughs> took over, um, but he was a useless sack of tits. Um, so seven months in, the army removed him. Again, this is really starting to sound like a banana republic. Yeah. Um, it's fucking England. Yeah. And they, the army then reinstated parliament, but then dissolved it soon after when that was annoying. <laughs> so everything looked, everything looked being pretty tits up and yeah. anarchy was looming, like yeah. literal anarchy. Yeah. Fuck it. Burn it all down. Give everybody this stuff back. At which point, Scottish governor, George Monk, marches south, forces parliament to convene... Guess who's back, baby? It's Charles II. Oh, yes. Charles II puts forth his conditions for accepting the crown. Uh-huh. Which not is ju- like... Not just like, yeah, sick. I'm going to lead this entire giant nation. Like, no, no, I've got some terms. Yeah. What the brass balls are saying? <laughs> Listen, 
I'll come back to be king, yeah. but only if you give me everything I want. Yeah. As, <laughs> as if being king is not just going to get you everything you want. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, what, a, what a salesman. To be fair, getting that shit written down, super important. Oh, yes, at this point, definitely. <laughs> Listen, I know it takes four years to write things down, but can you write it in triplicate? Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll take a copy, you'll take a copy, and we'll put one in the archives. Thanks. Yes. Carbon copied it. <laughs> um, so essentially, this put England on course to become the parliamentary monarchy that it is today through various acts and stuff like that. Right. And it put into place actions, meaning that we avoided much of the bloody sort of Republican revolts and upheaval that hit Europe in the 1840s and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we had something called the Glorious Revolution, which I looked up and forgot. It's just a very good revolution. Yeah. Everybody turned around once and did the hokey pokey. Hooray. <laughs> um, so what what can we say about this war? Well, a few things that kind of got us back to where we started, but slightly differently. Um, but one of the things that's really important, you know, I think what's really interesting is when you compare it to something like the American Civil War, mm. which was a people's war. Like yep. it's very much, you know, split down family lines, brother against brother, as they always say. Um, it wasn't a people's war. Now, admittedly, like the American Revolution, more people died per capita in the English Civil War than like any mm. other war they've been involved in. Right. More, more people, more a percentage of the, a higher percentage of the British population died during the English Civil War than World War One and Two combined. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty yeah, insane. Okay. Um, but it didn't really change too much in the short term. It pretty much just had very long-term effects, which I mm. guess is what a lot of wars kind of do, I suppose. Yeah. Um, some interesting things like Marxist historians have called it the uh, a bourgeoisie revolution, which is absolutely true. I mean, mm-hmm. Parliament and every notable person bar one in this war were people of incredible means and wealth right, and, right, you yep. know, circumstance. Um for me, and this is my favorite part of it, um, and the bit I'll finish on, the only one true proletarian celebrity in the conflict was someone called, uh, I believe it's pronounced Jenny Geeds. It's G-E-D-D-E-S. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's Geddes. I think it's, oh, it might be Geddes. Who knows? I'm going to go to Geeds. Yeah. Jenny Geeds. So early on, we mentioned that um, the Scottish church had been tried to be forced to go a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Charles IV had basically tried to force a new type of worship on the Scottish church. Scottish Church being Protestant Presbyterians. Uh-huh. And the worship that he tried to force on it was a lot closer to Catholicism, um, which was his preferred religion. Mm-hmm. Um, Jenny Geeds was a Scottish market trader in Edinburgh who, upon hearing a reading from the new Book of Common Prayer in Scotland, got up and threw a stool at the head of the minister. Fuck yes. This act is thought to have sparked the riot which led to the invasion of England and the War of the Three Kingdoms, which included the English Civil War. So much so, <laughs> so important was this stool that she, that this woman throwing a stool at the head of a minister, that in St. Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh, they have a monument to her. It's just a fucking stool on it's a, a pedestal. It's a brass stool. Fuck yes. Which is fucking rad. There's loads and loads of like pictures from the time like inscriptions and drawings of lithographs and whatnot of just a woman standing up and absolutely piffing a stool at the face of a priest which i think top notch yeah unbelievable behavior yeah such a fan such techers (laughs) i almost said techers and i was like amazing that's i don't know if anyone's gonna get that yeah unbelievable techers so good just Um, 
standing up and throwing a chair at someone is a move that needs to come back in vogue. <laughs> Especially in church. Yeah. Church and parliament. The two yeah, places really that need it the it. most. I really like when you see like parliaments in mad countries and I am using the word mad countries quite um, judgmentally there, but mm-hmm. you'll understand when the, I say... Your British is showing. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but you understand know what I'm saying when I'm saying it's always like footage of MPs absolutely punching on and you're yeah. just like, it looks like the video to um, DJ Shadow and um, Run the Jewels. Uh, yeah. Nobody move, nobody get hurt. Yeah. Have you seen the video to that? Yeah, I think it's so. Sick. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I was concerned that it might be a bit dry, but I think the English Civil War turns out to be kind of entertaining because it's such a massive farce. Yeah. Like most things we do. Yeah. It's a lot of effort for not a lot of outcome. <laughs> such as... Thank God such that the English the have never way. engaged in anything like that since. Oh, we better get out of here. Collar pull, collar pull. So that was uh, English Civil War. Good job, Ashby Castle. Hey, so yeah, kind of not really showing up. Yeah, well, this is the thing. As I was writing it, I was like, I, was, I did a quick, I like, as I was reading the article, quite lengthy, Wikipedia, I did uh-huh. Control F, Ashby. I was like, oh, no, nothing. Well, it must be something about the Hastings family. No, nope. neither of them were big players. Nope. I think Charles I stayed there one night, not during the war. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's basically like in between the first and second war because it was it was two wars I think right, or three. Right. They basically went right. Well, we don't want them to use this castle. Mm. Let's bomb it. Yeah, and that was the end of Ashby Castle basically forever. But that was sixteen hundreds and it's still standing today. Yeah, owned by the National Trust. You can get high there. They might not like it, but you can. You can get it's high. Not encouraged. You can get high a lot of places that people don't want you to. Yeah, it's tricky on like the tube though. <laughs> Mind the gap. Whoa. <laughs> the big gap. Um, yeah. So, hope you've learned a little something about how multi-English beer is. Yes. <laughs> or how just weird English history is. How Yeah, not even one of our weirder moments. No. Maybe I should just do that, focus on more mad English history. Yeah, I have to yeah, get yeah. more English beer, but that's not that problem oh, for me. Oh, no. Go to Dan Murphy's up quite a bit there these days. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, I'll bring you some carling. Is it actually like stuff worth drinking though? Some of it is, yeah. Some okay. of it's great. The um, the red ale from, I don't want to say St. Neats. I forget exactly, but that's really good. I'll get some. I'll bring okay. it in. Okay. It just comes in a cool bottle as well because the bottle is like ovular. That's a word. No, it isn't. Ovular. Egg-shaped. That sounds... Ovoid. Okay. It's not. It's an oval. Okay. <laughs> like an oval. Bed-shaped. The Keen song. What? Never mind. Um, <laughs> if you understood any of that, any of it, yeah, uh, congrats. And you want to see more of that kind of shite? I mean, hear I don't it. have anything else. Do you? I'd say hear it. Well, it's going to be the socials. So, oh yeah. I mean, do you have anything else? No. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, do socials. It's Hebrew Podcast on all the three that matter. That's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Wait, yeah. not LinkedIn. Twitter. <laughs> imagine us having a linkedin presence mate i can't even Im- i can barely imagine us having a Foursquare presence i mean to be fair linkedin is becoming like facebook more and more every day oh it's terrible it's fucking garbage. i got into an argument on linkedin the other day did you yeah it was good some guy was being a dick linktree had laid off 17 percent of their staff yeah. and then this guy was like well linktree's bullshit and it's like oh is that the guy who's saying it's just a wordpress site it's like did no. you see this on my linkedin thing yeah. yeah it's like you, you i had to 
pull myself up from just saying stop being a cunt yeah. because the guy who was like announcing it was like hey i'm the ceo we're letting go of these people my network please let me know if there's anyone in this list that i'm posting that yeah. you could think could be good for your organization we'd love yeah. to get them in new yeah, jobs yeah, yeah. what a nice gesture yeah. what a good gesture he didn't need to do what a good guy and then this dickhead came in i hope yeah. he's dead i don't care <laughs> fuck him <laughs> Hell yeah, you got English beer in you, you're ready to fight someone. <laughs> yeah, it's not even strong when we had half a bottle. Yeah. Nice bottles though, aren't they? These big chunky boys. They are good. Yeah. Anyway, you were talking about social media? Oh, I did that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, your turn. Uh, well, okay. Other things on the internet where you can find Heybrew, there's heybrew.zone. Uh, that's it. I mean, there's the email address. Hello at heybrew.zone. Oh, yeah, that's the next bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember how to do this. I don't. Um, you can send us your favorite English Civil War moment, preferably <laughs> photos. Photos or preferably edited into like an early 2000s era Call of Duty montage style. Mm, yeah. I'm into that. Yeah. It's just like quick zo- flash cuts, zoom ins on Wikipedia pages with a Call of Duty hit marker sound. <laughs> Oh my god! Just like <laughs> boom, that shot. Exactly, exactly, um, and that's them like killing a king or something. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, yeah, beheading. Yeah, um, beheading the original headshot. <laughs> yeah, good. I think Cain and Abel was the original headshot. <laughs> good, good biblical reference. Yeah. Um, this just very quickly reminds me there's a film called A Field in England which is about the Civil War sort oh. of vaguely which I think I should watch and you should watch it's meant to be very 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 fucky and since we're talking about Midsummer, is it porn? no there's just a lot of like <laughs> it's, it's very fucky and hallucinogenic sequences and stuff uh, and it's kind of fucky that kind of fucky yeah yeah not like fuck-esque <laughs> fuck-like <laughs> this film is very fuck-like I thought you were going to say fuck-light like Ah, it's a hand job. Um, <laughs> PG thirteen. Anyway, you can listen to us on Spotify or your Apple Podcasts or your podcast um, vehicle of choice. Yeah, we're on pretty much all the ones that matter. Leave us a review. Don't talk about fuck like. Or do I don't care. <laughs> do see what happens. Yeah. Try your luck. It's a very fuck like podcast. Yeah, see if you can get <laughs> laid from our comments. Last longer section. than I, mis- I expect. <laughs> see if you get laid from the comment section. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, neither of us are single, but when we were, neither of us could get laid for the podcast. <laughs> no, because we never figured out how to talk about it. We're always just too self-conscious. Like, yeah, we do a podcast. Uh, leave me alone. <laughs> uh, my, my, we're so bad at self-promotion. I, I'm really bad at it because I'm British. People are like, oh, how's your podcast? I'm like, not good. Don't listen yeah, to it. Yeah, it doesn't exist, actually. I deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> dear, dear. And that Thank is why you. we'll never break the hot 100 again. Thank you for listening, all of you. Yep. Uh, both of you uh that is it i think isn't it yeah all right well this has been <laughs> a mess even by our standards yeah well um and that's the hebrew way and, and I- english history is a bit of a mess so it fits <laughs> yeah accurate yeah uh i've been elliot i've been mike cheers cheers i don't know why i pulled a face that's an, it's an audio yeah medium. no one can see what no one can see you do that it's like me jazz handing yeah um which is the sign language for applause oh if you do that to a deaf person, they might be like, whoa, chill. Jazz handing is a freestyle reach around. What? <laughs>
No, I still don't. <laughs> I don't know. It just came to my oh, head. Oh, I thought it was a reference and I was no, really confused. I just said it. It's a reference to a thing I said. All right. Well, that can be the um, <laughs> title of the episode. Absolutely unrelated. Jess Henny is a freestyle reacher. It doesn't make any fucking sense yeah. for this. It doesn't make any fucking sense. End of sentence. <laughs> you don't know Also, me. doesn't make any fucking sense is the Hebrew way. Yeah. This is the way. Yes. This is the way. There is no way. Freestyle reach arounding is the way. Mm.